0: Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello, welcome back everyone. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Oh my God, we're here. We made it. We're alive another week. It's great. It's been
1: a mad dash for me and Katie. I feel like we're just always running around trying to keep our lives together, but it's a struggle. And especially with technology, I'm telling you, technology. I know.
0: I know. I feel like we say it every week, but... Whatever.
1: Um, the sad thing is I work in tech, so that's the other sad part, that, like, I
0: should have my shit together, but I don't. I don't. You know what? It's okay. It's whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, um, as much as I love you, Sarah, I am going to, we, we don't need to shoot the shit. We have a special guest. And <laughs> I want to welcome McKenna. Hi, McKenna. <laughs> Hello. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited. Uh, so pumped um so you guys mckenna reached out to us and she and sarah have something in common in that they would take poops all the time (laughs) okay okay (laughs) no um (laughs) she just recently graduated from byu um like an undercover if you will ex-Mormon or non-believing Mormon at BYU, and I cannot wait to hear these stories and your experience and all of that, because that would be, like, the craziest place to be a non-believer, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, it's been <laughs> rough. It's been rough for sure. <laughs> yeah. So tell us, tell us the details. How did that happen? Like, were you believing when you started at BYU? Yeah, so actually, I got my undergrad at BYU,
2: and I actually just graduated from BYU Law. Oh, okay. So yay, I yay, did yay. both. Dang. Yeah, so. Wow, congrats I mean, to you. Yeah, like, congrats. Thank you. thank you, thank you. Yes, I'm very proud of myself, um, of getting that's a law degree, crazy. but then at the same time, I'm also very ashamed to have BYU on my resume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's you great. I'm both undergrad day. and a legal degree it's it's not a great look for the resume. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sarah has said it so many times like oh, just don't look at that. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but Luckily
1: I mean once you enter the workforce and I don't know how it is with law degrees like as in when you're applying for positions at firms but like most of the time they don't really care where you go to school like I've never had an interview where they're like tell me where did you get your degrees from and blah 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 so yeah. Dodged the bullet a bit on that. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, luckily I've already got a job lined up with a law firm in Portland, actually. I oh yes!
0: Out of fucking Utah. <laughs> <I'm> so excited. <laughs> You're moving to such a cool place. It'll be so different than I'm Utah. I'm so
2: excited. Yeah. I'm so excited to get the hell out of here. <laughs> oh, are you from Utah? Uh yeah, my family moved here when I was eight, and I've been here ever since. Wow. Oh, it's time. Time to Good get out of Utah and Provo, Utah.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh my God. same girl. Same girl. <laughs> That's
2: so funny. But but yeah, when I when I decided to go to BYU law, I was hesitant because I was more of a nuanced member at that time. But they have crazy low tuition mm-hmm. and it's a pretty reputable law school. I think it's in like the top 25. And so, and I'm living here, so I'm like, fine, just do it. And so I ended up doing it, uh, entering as a nuance Mormon, believed in just like the big kind of general Christian stuff of the church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And then about midway through, I I completely just lost my faith in the church. (laughs) So that was fun. Um, oh, so it's like what, the hardest thing I've ever been through, as I'm sure it is for most people who go through faith transitions like that. Yeah. After being born and raised in such a high demand religion and all your family's in it. It's just,
0: yeah. What, um, was there a particular thing that broke your shelf or broke your faith? Like, was there a moment? Cause I think for both Sarah and I, I guess what really started us down that path was the gay rights stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Was there anything like that for you or was it just like all of it?
2: Oh, you know, so much built up on my shelf ever since high school, when Mm -hmm. I think the first thing that really stuck out to me in high school was polygamy, like going to, Mm -hmm. going to seminary. Cause guys, I was, uh, I was very much a Molly Mormon. I was (laughs) fully in a hundred percent. in. I was like the golden child at church you know, like 100% in. And uh, But I do remember like in high school, polygamy, lessons about polygamy started bothering me. And then things just built up from there. And it's it's all the usual stuff, sexism, racism, uh, homophobia, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, in general, I'm one of those people who have a problem sometimes with thinking that I'm always right. And I recognize (laughs) that (laughs) And so this whole time, I I just tried to be very humble and I tried to stop thinking that I know better than God or I know better than, you know, God's mouthpieces, God's prophets and his scripture Uh and stuff like that. And that is what kept me hanging on was because I was telling myself, you're being too full of
0: yourself. Like,
2: why do you think you know better than God? Sort
0: of Oh, my God. That's so relatable. And you're taught, like, you need to be humble. And it's like, yes. But your opinions, your thoughts and your discoveries and your truth, put that below what we're telling you is the real truth. Oh, it's so Yeah.
2: Exactly. So it was just, it got to this boiling point where it was so stressful to try to make it work in the church Mm -hmm. and just so conflicting inside myself to just try to hold on to these values that conflicted so much with with what I truly believe deep down. And I finally just gave myself permission to listen to myself and not these old men who are trying to tell people what to do. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You, because a lot of times people get to that point and this is myself included, but I still could never push past it. I was still Mm. too scared. I would just think like, oh, I really know I should listen to myself. or Like something's not right, but I just can't, I can't allow myself to like open that door. And Mm -hmm. down it. And I needed help from friends like my friend that I talked about before, same with the CES letter, but also Katie, like all these friends that I had to help me go through because I was just too scared. I was way too afraid. So Mm -hmm. kudos to you for doing that on your own and just being like, fuck this. Like, I'm (laughs) now. Yeah.
0: And to do that at BYU where you're surrounded by everyone believing or at least pretending to believe if they don't but yeah like to go through that alone and then be in that sea of believers I can't imagine but
1: then also to have that fear of like well if someone finds out like and you get in trouble at BYU because that's a lot of your work your time your career your future Mm -hmm. like I would Mm -hmm. be absolutely terrified but it's like
0: your whole life yeah
2: yeah oh yeah it it is hard I I don't know how else to to put it but just so hard because it's your whole life it's your family it's your community it's it's your values it's everything that you surround your life around and to to upset that completely is just (laughs) I don't even know how to describe
0: it yeah Yeah. and
2: Um, I want to
0: say to our our never Mormon listeners like how big of a deal this is because at BYU they if you if they find out that you don't believe or if you do anything against the church, which yeah, not believing is the biggest no no you can do, they can they can kick you out and they oh, will yeah. kick you out. Yeah. And so it's like a major thing, like you've worked really hard. Um so you have to pretend to believe or else yes, yeah, there goes yes. this degree. Yeah. My like, husband been...
1: I... Oh go ahead, sorry. sorry. What? No, I was just gonna say, like, how did you and I'm sure you're gonna talk about it, but I'm just too excited, I to have to ask. Like <laughs> How did you manage to go to church on Sundays to go to like Bunch oh. and Mingle and FHE? Like I would be dying. I just. Oh
2: my gosh. <laughs> okay. So let me tell you, I've been living <laughs> the epitome of uh, physically and mentally out for the last couple years. years. Um, so first off, it helps that BYU law school. Uh, the law school is separate from, you know, the undergrad campus. There's no like religious, uh, class requirements and it's a lot looser on like how much they monitor, uh, how well you're keeping the honor code. So that right there is what made it like actually doable for me to stay once I lost my faith. Mm -hmm. Um, and also I am married. (laughs) I was a child bride I oh. married at 19 during my uh, <laughs> sophomore year of college. Oh, <laughs> oh my
1: god. god. He graduated with an
2: MRS. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so and because of that, because I'm in a family ward and not like a a singles ward that's connected to BYU it's also less maintenance, less things that they expect you to go to. Oh, that's- uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's been doable, but it's been hard. And it does feel like you're not living your true self. Uh, but, and it's also, I know I've heard people say this before. It's total Bishop roulette, like yes. some, yeah. some bishops. So for those that don't know, you have to get, they called uninclu- an, <laughs> I always stumble on this ecclesiastical endorsement I (laughs) struggle every time (laughs) It's such a mouthful (laughs) every every year while you're going to BYU and your bishop checks up on whether you are obeying all the rules obeying all the honor code rules which are go hand in hand with the church and then some are even more strict than that it's it's kind of funny. It's like some of the standards and parts of the honor code are more strict than like if you have a temple recommend, right? Church, uh-huh. and, mm-hmm. Which is just like, all right, <laughs> 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 that um, makes sense. <laughs> luckily, my bishop has been pretty chill and wasn't a strictler about like uh, church attendance every single Sunday. And it definitely helped that when I started law school, it was in the midst of COVID and so oh there you go A lot wax around church attendance mm-hmm. that's true okay mm-hmm. and so my my ward in particular did like an extended um broadcasted sacrament and stuff like I think a lot longer than some other wards did post-covid and so I would kind of like tune into that and then just turn it on mute and
0: stuff <laughs> yeah like it's like I'm here I'm attending but bye <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so
2: I think I've definitely lucked out with that more so than other people who are, like, physically and mentally out going to BYU and just trying to stick it out. And, yeah, my, like, my decision to stay, there were a lot of factors in it. My decision to stay at BYU when I still had, like, a year and a half left of law school. Mm-hmm. There were just a lot of factors, like family situations, financial situations, mental health uh and also, this is funny be, because it's just like a little thing, but because BYU's law school tuition is so cheap, I was stubborn and was like, I'm just going to stay here and make up some of that tithing that I have paid over my life by getting <laughs> yes. a little true
0: law school degree. So <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> Honestly,
1: it's so true because I've had someone ask me, I can't remember who it was. It was maybe my in-laws or friends here who aren't Mormon that are saying like, well, why would you want to go to BYU if you're not a member or if you're a member who's like progressive or doubting yeah. or questioning and I was like cuz in the states like education is so fucking expensive that so if you can get expensive. a really good education at a university for like a third of the price, yeah, you're going to do it. <laughs> like
2: well, yeah, for the lost no it's like even more than that. It's wow. it's like an eighth of the
0: price of other wow. schools. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I say good for you. And it's like kind of sticking it to him. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll go to your school. I'm not believing in any of your other bullshit, but I'm going to take advantage of this. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like I said, it was easier because the law school, there's not as much church involvement and overlap as there is an undergrad. And also like, I'm definitely privileged in that I'm a white person I am bisexual, but I'm in a heteronormative presenting marriage. I'm cisgender. And so, like, I had the privilege of kind of having an easier time than if I weren't all of those things by yeah. continuing at the um,
0: That's a really great point. And thanks for bringing that up. Because sometimes, yeah, like Sarah and I are both white, straight women yeah. as well. And we tend to forget that for some people, uh, it just wouldn't really be possible, especially yeah. for their mental well-being to pretend and stay so thanks for acknowledging that because I hadn't even really thought of that yet so exactly. that's yeah
2: yeah for sure of course at, at BYU um, most people are white there <laughs> yeah
0: um,
2: mm-hmm. yep but I do I had several classmates who were people of color and they just had so many sad and frustrating stories to share about their experiences but I digress those aren't my stories to share but
0: <laughs> no, it's also, so true.
2: yeah another thing was just that there actually are other classmates and even some professors to an extent with somewhat similar views that made me feel safe to be there
0: oh, oh that's nice.
2: good yeah.
0: yeah you know I've heard things um you know, like, the Desnat, the really awful, right? Yes, awesome. Yeah, I know, it's terrible, but I've seen a few of their, their, like, rants on Twitter about they're so upset because there's these these occasional peppered in, like, progressive professors at BYU, and they're, like, saying all this shit, like, they shouldn't be allowed to teach that garbage, blah, 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 and I'm over <laughs> here thinking, like, well, thank, thank Celestial Jesus that there actually are some of those safe professors there for you know, the students that need them, because otherwise it would just be a complete hellhole. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah, they're
2: definitely there. I mean, there there is a valid belief about BYU that it is all conservative, but I think a lot of people would be surprised at how many students and professors lean more progressive for progressive for BYU. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and you know what, there's probably a lot more than we think of Professors, but also I'm thinking mainly students like you that um, are just maybe not believing or questioning, but they just don't say so. Probably way more than you think, you know? Oh, yeah, because it's it's such a big deal.
2: Like, there is this legitimate constant paranoia if you're in that situation where you don't want people to catch you. You don't want people to turn you into the honor code office. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I even right now, unfortunately, have to be careful about what I say on this podcast about my experience at BYU, especially with my experience with the honor code. Like I did officially graduate, don't have my diploma in hand yet, and there's just this gray area of like, okay, can they take away my diploma if I say, for example, this this is for example, not this saying a hypothetical. Test, I started hypothetical. coffee, yeah. <laughs> hypothetically, yeah, oh. hypothetically, if I was drinking coffee you know, the last year and a half to get through school, you know, I feel like I could still get into trouble if I said that I did that.
0: <laughs> Isn't that the I'm... most bizarre thing? Like, imagine oh, being a oh, Nevermormon, right. and you you hear this story about, about a college where someone can get their diploma taken away because they drink while they were studying. It is, it, oh my god it is the craziest thing and like, <laughs> it's up. For saying, like i have a
2: fucking law degree and i'm yeah. worried about this stuff still oh, yeah. oh my god i yeah
0: <laughs> but, i mean
1: as we know like flesh of jesus is a petty bitch but also Mormons <laughs> are petty bitches right so like yeah. I I definitely can remember BYU days of always watching your back because you never know who's gonna report you to the bishop or say, like, oh, I saw so and so had a guy over past midnight on a Friday <laughs> or a Saturday. Uh, so and they just the line.
0: Sarah, didn't you have a roommate that once said that they would report someone if they ate um coffee flavored ice cream? <laughs> oh, that wasn't even at BYU. That's how
1: sad that was. That was in Chicago
0: coffee flavored ice cream is the
1: best so good she never said that she'd report me but she just didn't like the fact that we bought it and had it in the apartment because it was (laughs) in the apartment and she's like I'm not I don't approve of that like that's still coffee (laughs)
2: guys I would have been that roommate I would have been that roommate and understand I would have
0: it's so amazing you know because Cannot dwell in an apartment where there's coffee flavored ice cream. No way. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> so do you have to like specific examples of things that maybe you noticed or experienced or things that seemed even more strange to you as you were losing your faith but still at such a faith based school? I mean, honestly.
2: I think one of the strangest things for me to realize and also I think this was something that was keeping my shell from officially breaking for a more extended period of time. Everyone I was surrounded by is so smart. Like Mm, if you you get into law school, you're an intelligent person, you know how to think analytically. If you're to the point where you've had a successful legal career and you have uh, become a professor, like, you yes. know how to think for yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you know how to, yeah. how to be analytical and, and, you know, doubt things and, and see things from multiple points of view. Mm-hmm. And so just, mm-hmm. I think the strangest thing for me is just looking around me and going, everyone is so intelligent. Everyone knows how to
0: think. Yeah. How is everyone still falling for this? That is such a good point. And I, I've thought this before when I, you know, you hear about the, all these Mormon like doctors and you're know, very prestigious, very intelligent careers and life paths. And I'm like, so yeah, they, you know, they're, they're more scientists for, for crying out loud. And I'm like, okay, so you can acknowledge that. But then you still believe that j-, j Dog put his head in a hat and like translate like, <laughs> this from Like how? I guess they have to car- compartmentalize it. I don't know. I mean, they
1: have to because also think about there's like historians, there's all these people. Yeah, like, like, yeah. They, they would know that the history of the Book Mormon is clearly false. Like it's not true. Like there's no evidence that this ever happened. So <laughs> they just have to put it to one side and ignore it. You know? They
2: must. Yeah, yeah. they must. So during my undergrad, I actually was a religion professor's TA for a couple of years. Oh,
0: my God. I <laughs>
2: No way. And what you were saying just reminded me of that because, you know, he was like uh, this one professor. I, I was a TA for just one professor for two years. And it's funny because he was actually one of my seminary teachers in high school. And then we both kind of moved out to BYU. Oh, funny. Time. <laughs> yeah, so um and he he was like very much a historian professionally. Uh, you know, like a biblical scholar, that sort of thing. And it was just people like him that made me kind of like reassure myself when I started actually thinking for myself going, how can this make sense? You know, how can how can I reconcile these things? This just seems crazy, but it's like, oh, look at this guy. Like, he's got a doctorate degree in history. He's a complete biblical scholar he's had a lot of life experiences and yet he's still in he's still believing gung-ho so it's like I don't know better than him
0: you know Uh, yeah right yeah oh my god I know it's wild it's so wild to me Mm -hmm. yeah but he was actually he was great he
2: was definitely one of those more progressive um professors at BYU that would make does not people very mad. <laughs> so, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like we had a good, um, a good like professor student slash TA relationship going on. And just, nice. he was, he was very, he was a good teacher for nuanced Mormons. I'll just put it at that. I remember I was in his class when the, um, when the announcement came out about, um, children of of gay parents not being able to oh be yeah baptized mm-hmm. and she like full-on spent like he canceled the lesson that he was going to teach and spent the whole time just like saying this is a hard thing like do you guys want to talk about it
0: and so wow like that. wow that's, oh. yeah that's I remember when that happened very clearly and that's actually I think the catalyst that made Sarah message me, Sarah, you were still kind of believing at that time. And yeah. that was the thing that was like, hold up. Like I can't deal yeah. with this. And she, so I remember that time of, it was 2015, right? Yeah, it was. It
1: was oh no, 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 no. It was 2017. It was, no. was 2018. The very beginning of 2017. So I always remember it because I went to Chicago 2016 and I came back to Berlin the end of 2016, like the summer, like August. And that's when I was like questioning everything was towards the end of that Chicago experience.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, that was that was a crazy time. Like, and I think that's really cool that your professor would address it, because I think a lot of people were just not a, a lot of Mormons were not talking about it because there was like almost nothing good you could say about it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and he was very much—he was very much like a proponent of. Sometimes prophets are just speaking as men. Ah,
0: really? In some
2: ways, it's—it's comforting if you're struggling with some things that prophets have said. But then, in retrospect, like looking in once you're out, it's like that's fucking annoying. That's so annoying. (laughs) These mental gymnastics, like oh, technically I don't have to agree with everything the prophets say and that's okay. And it's like, really, it's not according yeah. to the church. It's really exactly.
0: not. Oh, 100%. That It it really is like, you you nailed it on the head. It's a comfort to people who don't want to believe what they say. But but then, yeah, you get out of the church and you look back and you're like, that's just a tactic to get people to not think and kind of shut down their thoughts and, and be like, well, I don't have to go there in my mind. And I can just say, I thought he was just talking as a man that one time. And it's like, that makes no sense. How do you know when it's man and when it's God? <laughs> uh, exactly.
2: Yeah. For mm-hmm. sure. But um, if anybody remembers being in that class and me being a TA, I doubt anyone remembers me being a TA, but I'm just here to say I'm sorry <laughs> that, I had, <laughs> that I helped teach these things. Like, I, it was a... Uh, like Eternal Families class. It was... Oh. Yeah. So I would just like to publicly and officially denounce all of that and <laughs> profusely apologize for my
0: hand in promoting those lessons and stuff like that. Oh, that's... Yeah, that's progression, right? <laughs> when you can look back and be like, yeah, sorry, that was mm, like <laughs> the classic, I'm sorry for what I said and did when I was Mormon. I, guess. It. I feel yeah, like that's what I we know. do every episode. And especially... <laughs> When we talk about BYU
1: Times, McKenna, I'm right there with you. I was the ultimate Molly Mormon and said mm-hmm.
2: shit that is so cringy, yeah. oh, <laughs>
1: it's so embarrassing.
2: Yeah, you guys need to make t-shirts. Sorry for what I did when I was. Wondering. I, was I know. I feel like now we need
1: to change it though to sorry for what I did when I was a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
2: <laughs>
0: Get that on the (laughs) t-shirt. The Mormons can't stop you in the grocery store and be like, excuse me, you're wearing a slur on your (laughs) t-shirt.
2: Also, excuse
0: me, when I was raised in the church, that's what we were taught to call ourselves.
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah, Monson was like, be proud to be a Mormon. And everyone changed their profile picture on Facebook to the little banner that said, I am a Mormon underneath. Mm Yep, I did that. Yep. so so what else tell us more like I had your
1: question yes Sarah (laughs) it's me um (laughs) before each class in law school did you have to have an opening prayer like you do in undergrad
2: no 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 no. Uh, no. Oh, good Uh, so I would say maybe one professor a semester would sometimes do that but it was like people thought that it was weird if they did um, you know what? not even want a semester I'd say maybe I had two professors my whole law school experience that that would
0: do that oh um, I, good I yeah. find it interesting how different I mean it makes sense because like you said they're very like studious intelligent way more focused on academics than like in the undergrad a lot of it is like meat market like people yeah. try- Oh, 100% so yeah. It kind of makes sense that it's way more focused on the actual class and education. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah, that was definitely a relief. I mean there it, it, it's funny because the um, BYU has these this student review program where at the end of every semester they ask students to fill out like this extensive, review of each of their individual professors and like kind of rank them and make comments about different aspects Mm -hmm. and for it's the same for the law school it is a as it is for undergrad one of the big things that they ask you about your professor is like did they spiritually strengthen you (laughs) And (laughs) and so I think that because those reviews are there. And I, I don't know to what extent they're important for professors and their continuing, um, like employment. But (laughs) I, I do know, like I've had several professors mention in the past say like, well, I guess maybe I can, Bear my testimony once at the end of the school year so that you guys will say that I spiritually enriched you, but it just doesn't come up organically when I'm teaching you about crim law,
0: you know? Right. I was, I was just thinking like that puts them in such an awkward position of like, well, I guess I have to say something about, (laughs) about my testimony or about the church, but it's like, I'm trying to teach you law. (laughs) yeah I just,
2: yeah I, really I mean there wish... there are a few um or several classes that revolve around uh religious freedom and the law oh. um, BYU law is actually one of the epicenters for like religion law when it comes to uh-huh. just like the academia and, and the studies that are done. interesting um, I know, and when you think about it, it's so frustratingly ironic. That BYU law is one of the biggest law schools when it comes to uh, researching and being involved with religious freedom law and religious rights. And then they don't even let their own students have religious rights.
0: (gasps) That is such a good point.
2: (laughs) It's just it's just so ironic, I guess. I'm looking for more uh, yes. than ironic,
0: hypocritical. There we go. Hypocritical. Yeah, because you couldn't be a Satanist at BYU. <laughs> no,
2: no, no, no. Yeah, that um, is very ironic. I know. I just, I have this big issue that I wish BYU would change, and they probably never will. But in order to, to claim that they respect religious freedom, they need to let their students come in as Mormon and leave as not Mormon and they mm-hmm. just don't do that. You get kicked right. out if you right. decide that you don't believe anymore and you you're not a member of the church anymore. You oh, can you can come to BYU as a non member and you just have to agree to like follow all of the honor code rules. But they don't make you go to church or anything like that.
1: Oh that. But also don't they pay more? Like I remember the tuition
0: is Yeah, they do pay more. They pay double. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah. So why would you want to, you, you have yeah. to go to a school where you can't do anything fun and you pay more than the other. I mean, you can't
1: even fucking have coffee.
0: No. no. <laughs> you Jesus.
2: Not having coffee. <laughs> yeah, true. But I just, I, as much as I hate the honor code, and I think it's way overboard. Like I understand that. Private schools do have a right to enforce honor codes and stuff like that. But when it comes to separating that from religion, I just I think that BYU really needs to take a step back and look at the situation and go, okay, maybe we don't force people to stay Mormon if they want to continue going here. You know, we can we can force you to, like, keep up with the honor code or at least claim that you're keeping up with the honor code and appear to be keeping up with it. But the force, like church membership and attendance and participation, it just, it, it's, it's not religious freedom it, it, no. at all.
0: And That's it's icky. Critical of them. Yeah, and it, and it just feels so culty too. Like yeah, in order to, yeah, in order to get this reward, that, you know, but you worked for it. But we're gonna dangle it like over your head of like, oh, you don't do exactly as we say, yoink, and you're kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> And also
1: like what you're saying at the beginning too, which is what I really, it really annoys me because I feel like, and maybe you agree, like it totally fucks with your confidence too when you graduate from BYU, because I never thought I did it on my own. I thought, okay, this is because God helped me or God wanted me to go to BYU. And, you know, he wanted me to graduate in this specific degree. He led me here and like everything that happened was because I prayed and I study the scriptures and I was faithful and so God let me pass that test or write a really good essay and blah blah blah. Like I never gave myself credit and I always I have like imposter syndrome, which I know is outside of just being from like growing up in the Mormon church. Everyone experiences that possibly. Um but I feel like it's even more amplified when you're taught, especially at BYU, that you you, you achieved all these things but it wasn't on your own. It was because of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
2: and hand in hand with that is you're reminded quite often, like, oh, you you guys get this education because um, of church members paying tithing. Yes. You know, church deciding to, to like, give you this education. Oh, and my so God. So along with the whole, like, you didn't get there on your own, God helped you, it's also, like, the literal, oh, you know, you wouldn't have this opportunity if it weren't for all those tithing-paying members, like, contributing to... <laughs> <laughs> to uh, subsidizing your tuition and, and stuff like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, as if the church neat doesn't have enough money already to pay for all of it. But yeah. Oh that was one money. of my biggest shelf breakers. That was that was what
1: Oh, the whistleblower on the a hundred and what is it now? They say hundred and fifty billion at this point. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait. I haven't watched the the 60 Minutes thing, Katie and I were talking about the other day, but I keep seeing all these clips and I'm like, oh my god, I cannot fucking wait to watch it <laughs> and see them.
0: Yeah. I, the, the one clip I like is I, I haven't watched it either, but one clip that stands out is the interviewer. She's interviewing. I, I it must be the um, church spokesman or something because she says something like about why do you keep your finances secret? And yes. he goes and he goes, they're not secret, they're confidential. And she goes, what's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> you can't answer.
1: can't <laughs> answer. And I love that everyone's been sending the same. I think it was a tweet that's been going around that's like, so let me get this straight. As a child, like a teenager, you have to go to your bishop and tell them all your secrets about your sexual activity and masturbation, but they can't answer that one question to well, them.
0: Yeah. Yes. About your, t- your finances. Yeah. yeah. I know. I know. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, I love. I saw that clip. I didn't watch the whole 60 Minutes thing because I don't. I don't think I'm signed up for whatever streaming service it was on. <laughs> um, also, I'm like a younger millennial who doesn't have cable. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, I I just saw that and I was like, go that journalist. I I was a journalist short short term um, before deciding to switch gears to go to law school. And I just oh, really cool. appreciate those journalists that don't take shit from the church, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Oh Oh, man. I can't wait Uh, to do an episode on that, but like, what else? So at your time, like, so you kind of mentioned you didn't leave uh, maybe as early as you'd like because of quite a few things like being at BYU, but also your family. Like if it's not too personal, how is your relationship with your family now that you've left the church, is it, have you told them? Are you still kind of waiting to say that?
2: Yeah, I definitely do want to be like respectful of my family and keep some things private. But yeah. I will just say that coming out uh, as non-believing to my husband, to my immediate family, to extended family, um, was the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. It was horrible it was it was so hard I was so scared I was going to lose everybody (laughs) um yeah basically um my husband handled it amazingly Mm -hmm. you know with unconditional love I'll be respectful of his private faith journey and not really Mm -hmm. comment on where he's at but I will just say that if, if the if the roles were reversed, I mean, we like I said, we got married at 19. We got sealed in the temple, the whole shebang. We were both 100% in. If while I was still 100% in, and he came to me and said, "I'm having doubts about the church," like I would be like, "Hey, well, this marriage is over. Bye." Yeah. <laughs> right? As harsh as that is, that's that's just how you're raised. Like, yeah, you want an eternal family. You want an eternal temple sealed marriage, and you do whatever you can to get to that. And he just had an amazing response. And I, I'm going to start crying if I keep talking Aww, about it. Uh, I, I love him so much. And uh, so supportive. And also I will just say, I know that that is definitely not everyone's experience. Uh, yeah. experiencing Like a mixed faith marriage or, or coming out to like your believing spouse. And so like,
0: I am so happy and my heart's melting. You found a I good one.
2: You have a I good one. Mm-hmm. I did. He's amazing. I love him so much.
0: That's how it should be. Like it should be mm-hmm. unconditional love, but in so many cases, like you mentioned, um, you're taught to put the church first. And so it ruins families if, yeah. if it they does. aren't open. Yeah. Yeah. Really I mean, does. but it,
1: it's been really positive to hear your story. And we've also had, other guests and a recent guest um, on the show who said similar things of like having uh, basically like uh, their support or their spouse that's still in the church, or maybe they have children who are still in the church and how to navigate that and that balancing act and how you want to be respectful of their beliefs, but you also want to be hundred percent yourself and be able to, to really take a look back and say like, okay, what do we still have in common that isn't the church? And is this, a relationship that you can still maintain basically and have respect for each other. So I think it just shows that obviously you and your husband have a great amount of respect for each other and are able to communicate very well to get to the point where it's not an issue, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's great.
2: Me too. Yeah, for sure. I lucked out big time when it came to that. As for my extended family, I'll just say it was rough. um, And we're working on
0: things. Yeah. (laughs) Uh Yeah. But yeah, I feel like we can all relate to to a certain level. And I can, I, I can feel that feeling that it's like almost that inner panic, like nearing a panic attack of like, you know, having to talk about it with believing members. And or if like, for example, if I get wind that maybe someone has heard about the podcast, I still get that fear of like, Oh, no, like, am I gonna? Am I going to oh, lose no. that?
2: I'm so scared that like my mom is going
0: to listen to this. I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening, don't, <laughs> just go on me. I love you. <laughs> I know. It's the same for us. We're like, we love our parents. We love our families so much. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to offend them. I don't want to hurt their feelings, but I got to I got to speak my truth too. Yeah. And you have to honor yourself as well. So you have to find that balancing act for sure. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I just Absolutely always assume bad. in my head that my family probably does. Like my mom probably does know. She's probably listened to one episode and said, "Oh Lord," and clutched her pearls. And said,
2: we don't talk about this. So,
1: and just like a good old Southern woman, we just don't talk about it. We just push that shit under the rug
0: and we just keep chugging along. So, oh boy, <laughs> just like it's a good a good Mormon woman as well, you know. <laughs> So,
2: uh, man, I have to ask, have you walked yet? Like, have you done the graduation ceremony? Yes, I did. I did a couple of weeks ago. And the whole graduation ceremony felt like one big fucking general conference session. So that was great. <laughs> like, one more fuck you before you finally <laughs> escape. <laughs> escape. That's Just such a good word. Out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get out of there. Oh. Yeah, so did walk I am officially graduate and now I'm just beating my brains out studying for the bar um, mm. so thank you for giving me a distraction in between my non-stop studying it's been really nice <laughs> that's
1: amazing look at you yeah. like and the fact that you can now you can Graduate with your law degree and know that that was 100% you, McKenna. Like you're the one who were, you know, you were in the classes, you were studying, you took the exams, you graduated. That was you. And now you have a badass job at a law firm in Portland. Like, give yourself uh, a
0: huge yes. Cash at oh, guys, <laughs> that means a lot, really. It's very cool. I'm so so happy for you that you're moving to Portland. Like I like I think you're just gonna thrive there. I really hope so. I'm so excited.
2: Oh, thank you guys so much for that validation. It means a lot, really. Yeah, of
1: course. I think, especially not only as like ex-Mormons, but also women. I feel like either, you know, you don't even have to be ex-Mormon, just whatever. Just women uplifting women. I'm all for
0: it all yes. day long. Like, mm-hmm. Yes. Ugh. You know what? I, yeah, This is something interesting that I've thought about multiple times. When I was Mormon... Of course, I had female friends, and I, 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 was, I thought I was decently feminist, okay? But looking back, I'm like, I was like a little catty bitch sometimes. And I, feel oh, like, 100%. I feel like you kind of are pitted against each other in the Mormon church because you're, like, all competing to get the guy. And, like, yep. who's more righteous? Who's more modest? Who who studied the, the Book of Mormon more? Whatever. Who can memorize enough scripture mastery? And I was, like, not... <laughs> not as nice as I could have been to women. And after leaving the church, and then especially after having this podcast, and it may also be just a part of growing up, but I I love women so much. And I want to just like uplift them however I can. And I feel like it's brought so many more genuine interactions and meeting so many more amazing women like you, McKenna that uplift me and Sarah so much. And we just wanna like spread that out because you guys have done so much for us in terms of like supporting us that it's just like the best feeling. And I just feel like leaving the church helped me get to this point of like, yes, I can truly uplift and love women and not have that little inner jealousy dialogue going on. Does that make sense?
2: (laughs) Yes, 100%, yes. I was also a petty bitch and it still is like somewhat ingrained in me and I have to check myself you know it's just yeah, yeah. it's awesome. a journey and I'll just say thank you guys so much for just um your your podcast helps people more than you guys know like I'm, it. I'm gonna cry I'm horrible. It's, I, my it's amazing. I, it. <laughs> I mean, like a year and a half ago when I was like considering letting myself start to actually think for myself you know I found like Mormon Stories podcasts and stuff like that but that that stuff is is amazing but it's heavy (laughs) and sometimes you just you need some levity that still like feels like community and support of like-minded people and you guys were that for me so
0: thank you so much oh my god like I'm actually crying that's very very
2: kind no
0: I'm no I needed it it's happy, tears. it's happy tears
2: yeah I'm pretty sure the first podcast episode of your guys's that I found and decided to listen to when I needed like a bit of levity was uh I think Satan has a giant wiener which- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what a one to start on <laughs> I needed it though. I needed something more lighthearted than funny.
0: (laughs) Were you like, oh my God, who are these bitches? They're nuts. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was more like, man, I wish I could be like them.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's so great. Oh my God. That's hilarious. (laughs) Uh, But I I did just want to uh, kind of like end things, if it's okay with you guys, with my little tips on surviving at BYU. <gasps> yes. Please, please. Out. And yes. my first one is what your listeners are already doing is, is like listening to stuff like this. It's so important to like have community, even if it's just coming out of your AirPods, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, And then also therapy, 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 therapy. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. At BYU, mm-hmm. uh, they have the CAP Center. That's what they call it where it's free for students to go get therapy. And I utilize the hell out of that. Oh, nice. (laughs) That's a good resource. Yeah, it is a good resource. I will say my experience is that it was a safe place. um, And the whole center is purposefully, strictly separated from the honor code office. And the therapist that I interacted with were very supportive and I had a very good experience.
0: Okay, and- so they'll most likely keep your, what you say confidential.
2: Yes, 100%. They're not okay. allowed to, good, to do good.
0: anything like that.
2: And I will just say, like, if you, if you try it out and you don't feel like you are kind of vibing with your therapist, like they're maybe a little too Mormon for you, you could always ask to just, like, try another therapist. And that's what I did. Like, I tried several others. I never felt unsafe but I found some therapists that like truly empathized with me and Great. you know, like I'm a poor college student. I, I couldn't afford $120 out of pocket. Yeah. Oh, therapy man. outside of BYU. And I'm so glad that I was able to like find genuine support at the BYU funded place and, and, you know, get a little bit of my tithings worth back. <laughs> by yeah. yeah. That free therapy. It's all about getting yeah. that tithing back that I'm so oh, hell yeah for so long. <laughs> But yeah, yeah t- take advantage of the cap center if you're at BYU, and then just just get away with what you can safely when it comes to the honor code. I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta have some. Uh, you gotta just take charge of your own life in little ways, and it's it's very freeing to even do a, a little thing like
0: maybe wear a tank top when you're at home. You know, just stuff <laughs> yeah, or you could sneak on over to Coldstone and have some coffee flavored ice cream when, and oh hope God. God. Yes, <laughs> those cold ice creams are the best.
2: The cold Stone, uh, and then just finding like minded people, they're there, you know, yeah. and there's yeah. signs, they're there. People will kind of like make, leave little hints in some ways, and you can find people who are like minded at BYU, as impossible as it sounds. And then finally, like, if transferring out of BYU to another college is what would be best for your mental health and it's feasible do it like just yeah. do it it's it's rough transferring colleges but if you can make it work and you're suffering like being at BYU is making your mental health suffer like do it <laughs>
0: yeah 100% so. mm-hmm.
1: wow what a list i'm so like we're very lucky to have you on here because i'm we sure are. you have multiple listeners who are still at BYU maybe questioning or starting to listen to the podcast and are thinking how am I going to get through this so I'm sure they're going to find this episode incredibly helpful for them and your tips um yeah they're
0: wonderful resources I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this even you know even though it's probably very scary for you especially not having diploma in hand but I really appreciate you and I know that you're going to help a lot of people who need to hear what you just said
2: oh thanks guys I'd like to bear my testimony (laughs) I know this church is not true. It's a big
0: sham. In the name of celestial Jesus, thank you. Amen. Amen. (laughs) All right, listeners, thank you so much, and we'll be back next week. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye Bye. Bye.